My mama would say, you gotta fight for what is right. To her I would say, I wanna give back the world some light. Mm -hmm. But it's an empty road, I feel so alone, I forgot. Good morning, Patriots. And today, this morning, this special day, Wednesday, January 24th in year 2024, a lot of changes on the global narrative. We're going to be speaking a little bit about that over the next few days. It's pretty interesting because we start to see some big things shifting. We have to kind of get into some core big events that are seem to be happening and definitely a narrative shift from the global elites. And it's difficult to always pin down as to exactly why. But ultimately, I think if we do this in honesty and we do this, you know, the mic is fell down, that sounds better. If we do this honestly in what where the world has been, 
what we're really looking at is a shift in narrative a lot to a large degree because the world is shifting its position on what it's worshiping, no longer worshiping the great powers and the great entities of the World Economic Forum and a variety of things like that, but instead removing that idolatry and stepping deeper into the new world that we're in. The thing that we have to really all realize is that this world, the end, there is not going to be any of the institutions that we know today that will survive this. And I want to dig into that a bit because a lot of that comes from this a world shifting away from convenience into a world of faith and responsibility and accountability. Before we get going, we need to be very cognizant of everything that is happening around us in terms of the economy and in terms of your savings. And that leads us always to that place of your retirement savings. These people are vicious and they will do everything they can to rupture an economy, to take what is a essentially a paper currency, which is worth nothing and use it to their advantage to strip you of your wealth that you've worked hard to gain. That's why we need birch gold. Birch Gold are the experts in retirement accounts using precious metals. So if you head on over to, or actually not head on over, just take the words BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, and text it text it to 989898. BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. At this point in time, I would hope everybody would know this great promo code, BARDS. I'd hope so. Anyway. And you're going to receive a free info packet. Read through that info packet. Get to know who these people are, Birch Gold. Give them a call. Have a conversation with them. They're they're precious metal experts. They're going to be able to guide you in some really good planning and help you with retirement planning using precious metals as a foundation. This is critical. We, we need to move ourselves away from this in, this fiat currency and paper money. Get ourselves anchored into something substantial and something that, I mean, for that matter, precious metals are used by all the banks. And in a time like this, if the banks are using it, we should be using it because the banks are giving us monopoly money. So get yourself really positioned well in your retirement accounts. If you have an existing IRA or 401k, it's not going to cost you anything to transfer it over. Set up a, a retirement account or talk to them about precious metals. Talk to them about an existing 401k or IRA, whatever it is. They're going to be there to help you and guide you and get you positioned well for an, an uncertain future, which is the great thing about precious metals, it will weather those storms. So again, text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. 989898, text BARDS, get your free info packet, give them a call. And do that as soon as you can, like right now. But don't 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 leave the show. You can like do a, a second screen or something and do it, but it's good. All right, Patriots. We've got a... Tonight, I, we're going to be having an interesting interview tonight uh, of a guy that has used to work for Amway. And it's interesting that the connections he's made with big players like Nancy Davos, the Ford Foundation, and so forth, all have connections through Amway, which is bizarre. But in good piece, he was at one of the Bards Fest. So anyway, that'll be on tonight. Looking forward to that. I'm going to be interviewing Michael Yon later this morning. I'm hoping to get that up tomorrow night, which will be good. He's got some great news. In fact, he has a piece right here he just posted. And he's been looking at the Chinese operations of infesting America with with bad people. 
He says, this is another one here. This is, uh, why is the Hebrew in Immigrant Aid Society helping to invade the United States with Chinese and with Islamic terrorists? This is in Darien Province, Panama. There is a global effort ongoing to break the United States. And this global effort is being waged by agencies under the flags of different nations. And with that is being aided by our home NGOs, non-governmental organizations that are actively involved in bringing in illegals and violent people. There is a constant push to get these people into our country, to get them seated in, and to execute violence. The Q narrative, which was, in the end, the military is the only way, unfortunately has disempowered a lot of people because the assumption was that just, and it's just like the end of times theory, people sit and wait for someone else to fix it for them. I'm hoping that we've moved past those narratives. I think as a collective whole, as a society, we are not there yet. I think that we're still struggling. And I, unfortunately, there is an element here that reminds me very much of the book of Haggai, which is literally that when Babylon comes in and enslaves Israel, God's position is that everyone is going to get saved out of this. And there's something to that. We have a lot of people on our soil right now that shouldn't be here. But there's also a lot of questions as to where this volume of people actually are. We keep hearing them. We hear the reports of them overburdening these sanctuary cities. I get it. The numbers, though, are massive. So we're talking in terms of probably 10 million people that have come in illegally. So there's been some questions asked recently, and these are speculative, so that I'm, I'm being clear about this, but I think they're good questions to ask is, are these people being channeled to organ harvesting, and are the children being channeled into child sex trafficking? I think we can say probably some would be yes. It's interesting to note that President Trump made mention of child sex trafficking at his um, rally speech, and I believe it was in New Hampshire, just recently. And his mention was that he would use Title 41 to return the trafficked children back to their home country and their parents. And the reason I bring that up is he's not going to bring that up on a campaign trail unless it's real. We know that it's pervasive, but it's also positioning something to come, which is he is saying we are looking at everyone that has come across the border, every child, as a victim of child sex trafficking. That is a big shift. And it's one of these things that I, I'm, I've talked about regularly and the importance of us continuing to speak into these people in our government to start doing the right thing. There is a moment of accountability coming that's going to be painful. And so I'm going to say it here, and it's important to understand. And I, will, I need you all to hear this clearly as well because we all need to have this mentality. The, the 231, the Declaration of Military Accountability Group, the 231, is leading an effort, is leading a, a framing, let me put it this way, of a resetting of the moral character of this nation. And it is, a, it is an uncompromising position. And this is hard for Americans because Americans have become soft as a whole. Everything is about, okay, well, let's just forgive and forget. There is not going to be a forgive and forget of where we're going. 
There will be forgiveness in our heart, but there will be accountability for actions. And we will take this back. The, the narratives are shifting on a global level right now. The World Economic Forum is a great example. So is the World Health Organization. We have been seeing these changes happening with the various people speaking at Davos who have been telling the elites, your time is done. We have the World Health Organization. I'm going to play a piece here in a moment of how they're now struggling with trying to get this new world, this WHO uh, agreement put in place. People are waking up. They're starting to see where the, the evil's coming from. But what's important to understand is if you're involved right now in agencies and you're implementing their strategies, Border Patrol, DHS, you know, if you're in the state police, if you're in a, a policing position, if you're in a county position, wherever you are, government agencies is a big one, like federal agencies to sit around there and you're a cubicle warrior. Here's the truth and the hard truth. If you are going to continue with this and not repent and come back into this fold, and you may not like it because of those people out there and be like, oh, I'm not Christian. <laughs> you're going to be. Not because, not because we're going to force it, but because in that moment of accountability, you're going to be praying to God. There is nobody that leaves a foxhole. Without, there's nobody that enters a foxhole and leaves a foxhole atheist. Trust me. And you're in a foxhole. I'm just telling you right now. And at the end of the day, you're going to be praying to God. And it and it's, might be a good time to get to know him now. Because you're executing rules and laws that are against the Constitution in the violation of God's law. So those people that are there doing their job and not standing up, you're putting the nation in a really difficult position, but it will be executed. This is not a threat. This is the law. You have violated the law. And every one of you in the federal government, every one of you in these agencies, every one of you in law enforcement that is not standing for the Constitution, which you swore an oath to, you're, you are violating not only your oath, it's treason against the United States. Where that leads as far as a punishment, that's going to be a case-by-case -case basis. Extreme violators, I believe that penalty under treason is death. So all these things need to be framed and people need to be reminded. And it would be important to let border agents know and police officers know that they are in violation of the law. That's us speaking up and say, you're in violation of the Constitution, letting them know. They don't want to hear it. They're going to act, especially if they've got a gun, they all, all get arrogant at one point or another. doesn't matter. Truth to power. This is where we are. This nation is being changed and so is the world being changed. Now, Kind of pivot back a little bit. The World Health Organization right now. This is from uh, this is a post here from Cat A. It says the wheel the wheels of are falling off the pandemic treaty and IHR regulations. This week, Tedros, which is the head of the World Health Organization or UN, one of the two, I think he's World Health, lamented the fact that they face a torrent of fake news, lies, and cons conspiracy theories, and that the whole project risked going nowhere. That would be too bad, wouldn't it? You know, you know this World Health Economic Treaty, this treaty, if you aren't familiar with it, is all about this global pandemic treaty that allows a single organization run by pedophile elites to be able to take away our rights at a moment, and I mean to the point of seizing property and everything about it. They, have, they do not have that right. And this goes back to last night's 
show with Jaron. Everything in our life, this gets a very difficult part for people to understand. And I wanted to hit this quickly because when people are arguing law and forms of law, law and forms of law, maritime law, legislative law, here's the deal. The law of the land is the Constitution. And when you can get this, all this other stuff that you're being programmed with, like state national stuff, it's not correct. The law of the land is the Constitution. If it is not written in the Constitution, it is not relevant to the way that we function in law. What has happened is they have put layers and layers of this. They've put these rabbit holes for people to run down. People have gone deep into these. This is the danger of the area we live. And it's difficult for people to start realizing that they're walking into deception traps that have been laid intentionally to take you off track of the most simple and pure solution to all things. It is our constitution and it is our state constitutions. Nothing else. That's it. It's that simple. That is the law of the land. The state's constitutions are even more important because the federal constitution has to accept a state constitution. So think that through a minute because that means that your state constitution is your focus document to work on and it will not contradict federal because if it does, it has to be changed. And the constitutions were done long before us. So to just kind of sum up another part of that, when you're arguing that sort of discussion, you're arguing from scripture you're arguing from the state constitution, whatever the issue is, and then you have the Black Laws Dictionary, and you want to use the Black Laws Dictionary that's as far back in addition as you can in closest to the time frame that your state constitution was written. It's that simple. Now you get the true sense of meaning of everything. So when a World Health Organization is going to tell you that they're going to impose a pandemic, the only reason, or a pandemic treaty, the only reason that that will work in this country is because people don't know their rights, they don't know their constitutions, and they're going to willfully give up their rights. There is no authority here. It's the people's authority that they're leveraging off of because they're keeping people dumb and stupid. And this is the whole principle of this entire fight. When you start to realize what they have done, it is so fundamentally simple of how they've done this because they have dumbed down the society and people don't read their constitutions. They don't know their relationship in God. So why would, and, and this is provable in another angle. Why would they spend so much effort over our time to take God out of schools, God out of government, God out of corporate boardrooms, God out of everything? Why would they spend so much effort to corrupt the church? Why would they spend, spend so much effort to dumb people down in a public school education and not teach things like civics? Because at the end of the day, the engine of power is the Bible and the Constitution, those two things. Every person should be reading both. And once you understand that, state and federal constitution and Declaration of Independence, big one, I always throw that in there because they like to exclude it. Once you understand that framework, you have the authority now, all the authority you need because it's we the people. The who is telling us that they're going to come in and they're going to mandate a treaty across us. And in mandating this treaty, they're going to say to you, they're going to be able to lock you down, shut you down, hold you, and take your property if you don't agree. The Constitution is very clear in our country. All rights are given to us by our Creator. It comes from the Declaration of Independence first. The pursuit of life, liberty, 
Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those right there. That is given to us. Life includes property. They have no, they have no authority here. But people don't know their rights, so when they come in here, people go, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. What, what, is, what if Congress passes this? Okay, so if they do. It's simply starting to understand your authorities and rights and executing that at a county level. There is no authority, period, end of story. And if they violate that, they're violating treason. So then you get the next places, which is, yeah, but, but what if they don't listen to the law? That's why people need to be educated. That's how they've done this. You're just, we're just dealing with a society of strong-arm tactics and, and tyrannical fools that are following the uh, being obedient to things that are not in the Constitution. That includes our police. That includes our county commissions. That includes our, our mayoral groups. That includes federal employees, state employees. They don't know the Constitution. So when you come out in front and you call them out by name and you hold them accountable, they don't like that. So it's a point right now, as a society, that we have to start getting smart again, understanding our rights. You don't have to be Jaron Jackson. That was another thing he was saying last night. You just have to understand your rights and start executing and start getting smart. Common law is a study of life over a lifetime. Everybody can begin the understanding of common law by understanding your state constitution, understanding your relationship that everything is rooted in our Bibles because it's God's law and applying that into the real world. So to continue with this post here by Cat A, whilst the seeking to strengthen international law, he claims, this is a reference to Tedros, that, that, that this does not entail loss of sovereignty or the ability to impose lockdowns and mandate vaccines. That's not what it says, by the way. If so, then why are these very proposals written in black and white for all to see. One doesn't need to be a conspiracy theorist to see the doublespeak at play. Yes, the world is watching as, they un, as the unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats fall from favor, and it's a sight to behold. So let's play this piece here. It's pretty interesting. Hold on a second. Here we go. We must be bold and we must be creative to overcome hurdles, entrenched positions, and old ways of thinking. This is the only way we can make the world safer for our children and our children's children through working together. Member states have committed to the historic task of delivering a pandemic agreement and a package of amendments to improve the international health regulations to the World Health Assembly in May this year. This is a generational opportunity that we must not miss. After the experience of the COVID-19 pandemic, the world is watching. The stakes are high and time is short. It's difficult to overstate the importance and urgency of this work. If the international community misses this, this opportunity, it will be difficult to achieve the comprehensive reform we need, especially for equitable access to pandemic-related products. What we need is a meaningful and impactful outcome to strengthen the international legal framework for strengthening pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response. 
But if the final products do not change the status quo, and if they do not help to ensure collective security and equity, then we will have missed our chance to make history. This work is not easy. And it's occurring in a very difficult environment. The IMB and the IHR working group are operating amid a torrent of fake news, lies, and conspiracy theories. There are those who claim that the pandemic agreement and IHR will cede sovereignty to WHO and give the WHO Secretariat the power to impose lockdowns or vaccine mandates on countries. You know, this is fake news, lies, and conspiracy theories. You know, these claims are completely false. You know that the agreement will give WHO no, no such powers because you are writing it. We cannot allow this historic agreement, this milestone in global health, to be sabotaged by those who spread lies, either deliberately or unknowingly. We need your support to counter these lies by speaking up at home and telling your citizens that this agreement and an amended IHR will not and cannot cede sovereignty to WHO and that it belongs to the member states. The reality is quite the opposite. You're safeguarding national sovereignty while strengthening global health security. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. It's not a zero-sum game. The agreement is negotiated <coughs> by countries, for countries, and will be implemented in countries in accordance with your own national laws. And I know you're doing this considering into account that this will bring to your citizens. In fact, these processes have the potential to empower countries in critical ways. They can help to ensure that countries have the systems, tools, capacities, and infrastructure for effective, timely, and equitable pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response. This is not a choice between global health security and national or regional interests. This is how you induce extortion. It's a really good, interesting piece to analyze because what you're hearing him speak to them is, one, reassuring them by saying that you know this is not about what they say. So he's reassuring his colleagues because they're getting pressure from home. That's, that's the first indicator. Secondly, you must step in and convince people. That's your extortion. Whatever they have over these people, however they control them, whether it's money or blackmail, some form of blackmail, that is what they've just said. You, the, the counter to that is if you don't, there is a consequence. So you must do this. And you must reassure your people. And we will work through your country's laws. And we will execute, which only means that they've got people embedded in these countries to change the laws to align with the WHO so that it's, it's seemingly a transparent shift of power. 
the whole idea of the World Health Organization global pandemic, we also know is, is just a farce because they're the ones that originate and create pandemics. They use the media and as the, as the lead instrument to inf- convince people that there's a pandemic when there's nothing like COVID-Con. Then they use the elements right now, which has been their, one of their greatest weapons in all of this, is, which is frequency. And then the one thing that people have to constantly remind themselves of in spite of all the rhetoric you're hearing in conspiracy fringe as well, which is, and you're hearing a lot of this lately, they're prepping us for this time. They're gonna, there's one of the, the theories right now is they're delaminating the, the nerves so that they can better control people, which is, it's true. The people, you have to understand in that boldness, if they didn't need the injection, they would have never done it. They have to get this into the body system through an injection. The human body is resilient enough that no matter what they do, whether it's aerosolized stuff, whether it's stuff in the water, it's not effective enough to accomplish the goals that they want for the timeline they have. And then that's the last piece to appreciate is that it's always, if you're listening to these elites talk lately, it's we are in a time window. We can't miss this. If we miss this, we will never be done again. Why is that? Because there is a significant hand behind this all, which we know who that is. That would be God that is moving this in a tremendous way. In the theoretical perspective or the conspiratorial framing like Q or others, we want to believe there's this term we've heard, white hats in control. So it's like nice to think of a handful of great Jason Bourne operators that are going around the world fixing the world. The concept of really is if you look at the DMA, the Declaration of Military Accountability, you really see how the pivot has been happening. It's the collective groups of people that are coming through and doing the right thing because they put God and nation and family first. And when those priorities shift into our lives and you're starting to see that, you see the, the, the resurrection of moral courage come back. Something this nation needs desperately, which is moral courage. We haven't been seeing moral courage in the church. But we are seeing moral church in the true church of Christ because it's coming in our hearts. So you're seeing people come together and take a stand. It's nice to have people out on the fringe that are talking like they talk and to give good ideas and throw things out there and big, 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 big thinkers. The real impact right now is when you're going to start seeing people come together and truly put their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor on the line. And as people do that from the 231 to other groups across the nation and really step in, and we've been seeing this happen. It's the 231 is not unique to this. I go back to the strength of women at the beginning of COVID con. We had the salon owner in Texas. We had the salon owner in Salem. We had the tattoo shop owner back East. I think it was in North Carolina. We had the weight room trainer up in New Jersey. These people had moral courage. They stood up when no one else stood up in ways in the public space of to protect their businesses. That leads to other groups eventually percolating up and doing the right thing. Pete Chambers as to quote himself, this all began with a man, a dog, and a horse. And now he's operating on the border doing big things and trying to build up and getting funding to do so to build up private capacity to protect the border and private land. All of this centers on our rights and and resetting our rights. But as we do this and we go back to our rights, what we start to realize and it's very important to grasp this, is that 
Our relationship with how we see government and corporations changes. Everybody changes. To show you how significant this time is that we're in and how effective, one of the, obviously, one of the open initiatives that we have done here and been very active with has been Patriot Gardens. It's part of our county by county. County by county is a template. And again, this is another thing to look at. County by county is not an organization. It doesn't create an organizational head. We don't have a nonprofit that's trying to feed into organizing across the country. If you look at the effect of what's happened in Bart's Nation, and it's commented on, I'm telling you because I get the feedback. People comment to how impactive that has been. Not because we're out here putting up, you know, doing mass mailings, because we're doing these mass organizations of fundraising for a particular cause. Instead, what we're doing is to try to disseminate that money, say, down to county by county, creating a big administration head, those sorts of things, but because it's a template. And people have taken that template and they choose something on that template. Whether it's home churches, whether it's homeschooling, whether it's Patriot Gardens, whether it's right work, health and wellness, informed action, or stewardships and conservation. And what they discover is as we start to work this model, most of those pieces including homeschooling, if, even if you don't have kids, because you, you can help people in your community. All of those pieces start to fall in place. That whole framework was given through prayer and God. And so people are taking authority in their lives, and in so doing, they take authority of the state out of their lives. Here's an indicator of how successful that thinking is. This actually comes from the Telegraph. And it says... Let me be clear. I'm not, I'm not proclaiming that Bards Nation County by County is the sole cause of this, but we are part of a global shift that is causing a great deal of concern for the global elites. And here's the headline. This comes out, this came out today. I'm sorry, uh, two days ago, January 22nd, Monday. And this was posted on Yahoo News from the Telegraph. Carbon footprint of homegrown food five times greater than those grown conventionally. The carbon, we go back to the history of growing your own food. We go back to World War I is when it was first initiated and then it was followed on by Eleanor Roosevelt in World War II. It was called Victory Gardens. The agriculture department fought her on that. And the reason they fought her is because oh, even then they were corporate influenced or elite influenced. Americans, by the end of World War II, from their home gardens, were producing the equivalent, the same amount of food as the corporate monoagriculture was producing. It was like 10 million tons, something like that. We are seeing the same thing begin to happen again. Home growers, home gardens are now cropping up all over the world, as they should. Farmers markets are being re-energized, as it should be. Neighbors are sharing food, as they should. And in these places, small gardens are now out producing the need or, or producing enough to limit and reduce the need of the corporate grown agriculture models, which means that their models of vertical agriculture in these big buildings run where they grow GMO garbage puts you on a, on a diet of lettuce and, and lab grown meat, which is their ultimate goal, where everything you have is dependent on them is under threat. And it's easy for them to threaten on a global level, which is what they do well. We're going to take away the laws. We're going to control GMOs. We're going to buy up land. Go ahead. Because at the end of the day, they can't control the people if the people don't agree. 
And that's the whole center of everything right now is everybody is starting. The global movement is to wake up that we have a greater choice. In this country, we have incredible choices because of the nature of our Constitution. And it doesn't take any special circumvention of the Constitution. You don't have to get a state national ID, none of that. It's simply executing the Constitution as it is. The authorities that we have as people, the authorities we have as people, it's that simple. We've been given those authorities from the very beginning. We the people. The question is, do you have the moral courage to do it? And do you have this understanding that as you step into this Constitution in the United States, that you're executing your laws, your rights as a sovereign, as a child of the Most High? Those are the questions. And when you understand that authority that you're willing to step in, you have to have the courage to step in and say, this is basically it. It's, it fundamentally is this simple. Here is my right. Here's where you are wrong. And here's the consequences for you violating the law against me, not the other way around, because the government doesn't get to dictate legislative rules upon us that we had no agreement in. We haven't had agreement in many of these laws, including the WHO, including all these other things. Once we take that position, fundamentally, that we have the rights, you don't, we are dictating the terms because we are the people that, that make this government. Here is what the law is. Here is how you violated it. And these are the consequences if you continue. And if you don't agree with this, then we can, we can execute the next level. And these sorts of, this approach to government puts government on the defensive rather than government thinks, thinking it has offensive. Government is not ever on the offensive. It should always be on the defensive because we, the people, are the ones who shape it and decide if it will continue or if we will abolish such forms of government to put in something better for the will of the people. The abolishment part has always been extreme. We look at abolishing as far as destroying everything. What we're talking about is changing the nature of government. If certain agencies need to go, they need to go. The framework of government is there, but it has become too bloated. It has become too unchecked in power. And the checks and balances that we talk about in the three branches, the legislative, executive, and the judicial, which are out of which are imbalanced right now, the reason they are is there's a fourth check and balance we never talk about. And that fourth check and balance is the ultimate check and balance. It's we the people. When we step in as we the people and say no more, done, not happening, the government has no place to move because the only thing it can do is threaten you. And if it's going to threaten you and you say no, what are they going to do? There's always this next personal concern is, yeah, but what if they come arrest me? Okay, execute your laws. Understand what your rights are. Does the government have a right to enter your property without authority, without warrant? No. Does your government have the authority to imprison you without charge or to presume you guilty before innocent? No, no, no. All of these things. And this is the argumentative format that has to go about in holding them accountable to the Constitution. And once we start to understand these powers and the rights in which we have and we must assume, we start to force the system to be back on our terms. You will not have 100% victory in this war. I'm just going to say that. But the number of victories that will be gained by the momentum of the people will increase to the point where we do achieve that because the government has no rights to overreach. It is not 
to be imposing its will upon the people. It is to execute the wills of the people. This framing that we have done so poorly at understanding as a nation has got us here because we have inverted the model thanks to some fantastic propaganda and a lot of years of dumbing down in our civics. We've inverted the idea. So the government now has the, it is people are subject to the wills of the government. That's not in our constitution. It's not in our declaration of independence. It's not anywhere. And once we get rid of this mindset and understand that we have all the authorities right now, and the framework in which we fight is purely on the Constitution. It's game, set, match. That's it. When you start to look at the relationship to the world and you start to see that in order to get to that place, you have to be anchored in Scripture. You have to be anchored in your Constitution. When I say anchored, you have to be well-read in your Scripture. You have to be well-read in your Constitution, and you're using Black's Law. And everybody in the nation must have some foundation in that, period. End of story. When you start to realize that, that our laws aren't to be changed legislatively to support some belief system, but they are fundamentally anchored in the Bible, hence Obama's comment, Muslims made America, you can start to see why this is happening because they want to take you away from truth. They're obscuring the truths that are simple, but they're profound. They were anchored in the Bible, were anchored in our constitutions, and we use their legal dictionary, which is Black's Law, because then you can use the terminologies that defined what our constitutions were written by. Once you get that framing understood, the whole world changes. The whole world changes. And there we now we stand before a government going, nope, not going any farther. That means that everything, everything changes. And Jaron and I had a conversation yesterday, which is really important after the show open carry or concealed carry. If somebody puts up a sign at a corporate store that says, we are, you cannot carry in our, in, our, in our premise, that is actually a violation of the Constitution because in order for them, if they're going to have public commerce, if you're a, public, if you're a private membership association, different rules. But if you are open for public commerce and it's open to anybody in the public, you're, you have to accept the Constitution. You can't then change the rules and say you can come here and shop, but you can't have your rights as a constitution. So they have no legal right to stop you from carrying a weapon in a store. There is no bounding. There's no right to that. We have to start reclaiming these fundamental rights and getting smart on our constitutions. And so that leads to this ultimate thing. All these threats that are out here right now percolating around, the WHO, the, the arrival of the UN, the real threat is the places like the people coming across the border. That's a real threat because it's physical, it's real. They're bringing in fighting age males and they're trying to flood this country with replacements. That's real. But as you heard him speak last night, there is a difference between immigration and naturalization. And he's right because immigration is not in the Constitution. We have to get smart on where these arguments are going. And in so doing, then we have to inform others. And in the forming of others, then it becomes a place where, as we speak to, as I spoke to at the beginning of the show, we're speaking into groups like the Border Patrol, or you're speaking into agencies. There's more good than there are bad, believe it or not. There's just a lot of dumb people. And dumb and misinformed. And unfortunately, misinformed and dumb, when people make mistakes, generates arrogance, and which arrogance breeds greater stupidity. Blunt. But it's true. Once people get a chip on their shoulder and start to think that they're smarter than they are, they stop listening. 
And so those breed the principles of arrogance and it breeds the principle of stupidity because there's a blind spot that people create. It's like somebody who's saying they're a subject matter expert on something. I know everything. It's like the minute they say that, you know they don't. Because I guarantee you an example can be made very quickly to prove them wrong. We, aren't, we don't need subject matter experts. We need humble people to serve, to listen, and have to open discussions, to guide discussions. But unfortunately, a lot of this right now, so much shaking is happening that people are starting to lose their footing. And when you start to rip underfooting, underpinnings from people's lives, then they start to get very panicked. And part of that is even in their faith. Like if you've been dealing with an end of times theology and this is how you're, you're working with things, and I see this all the time, there's this strange thing coming out of end of times theology, which is, okay, well, yes, Jesus is coming, and but we're going to have a jubilee. It's like, okay, whatever we want to frame this, I'll take the jubilee, it's fine, whatever. We have authorities in this time. We are living in a time where it is our, our role to step up in the authority of God to do just these things. And it is not to try to find an avenue or a place where we can pass it off onto somebody else. And that authority means accountability, which goes back to the show I had earlier this week called Hidden Rooms. We have to get in to realize our own vulnerabilities and where we've been wrong. That's being humble before God. So in an agency, when you're talking to people and they're out here trying to tell you, you know, one thing or another, understand that you're going to be challenging people. If you take somebody who's a state national right now, and this is going to offend a bunch of people, and I really don't care, they're not going to want to hear you because they invested so much of their life trying to learn something that ultimately is wrong. There's a personal investment in it. What we need is humility. And we need a tremendous amount of humility to understand that we've been given everything. This is consistent with Chris Hannah Hall's message. This is consistent with what Jaron Jackson is saying. The Constitution is all you need. That is the law of the land. End of story, nothing more said. It is the law of the land. And so you don't need these other things to be adding on top of, but they don't want you to see that simple and pure truth. And that's why this is where the deception works so well because it gets people riled up and fighting each other for, from the fundamentally the wrong thing. Once we pivot back to the Constitution and we're clear on how the Constitution works and where authorities come from, End game. That's it. There's no more discussion. If the law doesn't fit the Constitution, it goes. If a tax doesn't fit the Constitution, it goes. And they can tell you all day long, like, well, the people voted on it. If the people voted on it without the understanding of the Constitution, they were not working from an informed consent position. End of story. And if it's not within the Constitution, it's not legal for, it is, it's not legal in the country. It's not binding. So, if someone opposes it, then they have the right to, to modify or change this form of government, and that's their right. This is, this is the very difficult piece of understanding of the functioning of our nation, which was so brilliant, and why the global elites hate this so much, because they can't secure total power. So we are in a, a tremendously unique time in our history where we can literally shape the world. And we're waging a war of information, and we're, part of that information war is the legal understandings which we truly have, which we are truly empowered. And as we step into these, this realm of authority, which is profound, it's anchored in the Constitution. I've said this for three years. Read your Declaration of Independence. Read your Constitution. Study your, your Constitution. Study it regularly. And above all, study your Bible. Read it. 
put all these things together, it is a massive engine of power. Our founding times, the colonial times, I mean, the number one book of learning for children in schools was the Geneva Bible. That's all they needed. The Bible was complete front to back. Now we're told it's not enough or that it's inferior or that it's just a story. <laughs> How far we've come in 2,240 years, right? And we believe the lie because over that overlay with that, the minute they got people to separate from that relationship with God, they were able to flood in the lies and the doubt was built. And once doubt was built, game on. And that's how they, this has been the most destructive force. It's a parasite, parasitic force that took over this nation. They were very smart about what they did. Very keen on dumbing people down, understood the vulnerability of a nation and counted on a simple fact that if they got people to stop paying attention to God, they could take this country over. All they had to do was replace God. Well, in the modern times, all they had to do was replace God with Walmart. And there you go. At the end of all of this, the relationship with every single thing we currently conduct will change. Our rights are, res are resumed. We get back into a place of walking as sovereigns in this world. There are many people that will not be able to join this. That's part of this awakening is not everybody's going to be able to follow this. But it's not for them. It's, for, it's where you need the remnant to become smart and powerful because it's the remnant that will steer this country back. And in a very dark element of this, for the, when you start looking at things, there is a group of people out here that have remained unvaxxed. There's a group of people that have fought from the beginning. And we become, by virtue of choices, of listening to God and following the right thing, we become that remnant that is ultimately going to be the core of rebuilding this nation. And that's the truth. So the consequences of this era are going to change everything. The choices people made to take the backs changes them physically. They're sick. They may have become sterile. There's many consequences of this that we don't know. Shorter lifespans. We, we're seeing it happen. The die-off is phenomenal right now. The nation is being reconstructed. The world is being reconstructed, literally. And unfortunately, with this, for those that took the vax, there's a consequence for choices. It's not a judgment. It's just an outcome. It's a, this is about, again, being accountable. So for us, they're sitting here. It's not a victory to see the, the, the suffering and the loss, but it is an opportunity right now to resurrect the true sense of what this nation is about and to lead the world and to get people back to their individual rights, which is what God intended. That's a, not only a responsibility. It can be a burden if we don't execute it right. But it's a very real and very, uh, very important burden to carry because it's literally the fate of humanity rests within our ability and our willingness to become scripturally grounded, constitutionally grounded, and wise within this framework of how our constitutions were intended to be executed so that we can use our powers of the pen, our powers of, of conducting court by mail, our powers of what, our, what God intended us to do, and to return the law to the people, not the law to courtrooms or the law to more lawyers' offices. And so in that picture, it's to kind of conclude this. 
America is not an institution that we currently have. They will not come under the optic of this change. Everything will change. How we conduct, how we relate our relationship to food, our relationship to education, our relationship to church and God, our relationship to what work looks like, our relationship to what communities look like, our relationship to what government is, our relationship to every single corporate institution, our relationship to every single attorney, our relationship to every outlet of public school. All of these things by necessity will be shaken and will change. The structure on the outside, it may be called United States, but the internal workings of this will completely transform because it has to, because it was intended to, and because it's the only outcome that we can see. Otherwise, we become slaves to their system. We don't have to burn it all down in the, in the metaphorical sense, but it all gets burned down in another sense. We just gut it and we, we remodel it from the inside. That's restoration. And that's literally what we're pushing for. And that's at the heart of what the DMA is about, the Declaration of Military Accountability, and it's what the heart of this entire period is about, is truly resetting this nation, restoring this nation to what it was intended to be. And it all falls in the end of the day on the individual who understands their rights, who understands their relationship with God, and can stand on that and stand that in the public square to say this is where we are and who we are and know where to draw the lines. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we bless you. We thank you for your blessings this morning, and we praise for all that you bring to us. We're humbled and blessed in all that we do. And Father, this is a very critical time. We just ask for the inspiration in the hearts to seek deeper into the Word. Seek deeper into the Word of the Bible, and then seek deeper into our constitutions to start to understand truly the sense of law that we're talking about. The law of the land is the Constitution. End stop, full stop. So, Father, we just have a prayer today that people will take that time, be inspired to dig into these fundamental things. This is not something that is easy, it takes time, and we always have reason to slide things aside, but this is a moment in time when we have to take a pause and literally dig into the fundamentals on which this country and this nation stand, and for that matter, which any nation stands. And since this podcast goes out all over the world, it is important to understand that you need to understand the binding rules of your nation and see how that relates to your relationship in God. So, Father, just pray this upon people's hearts to inspire them to read, to dig, to be driven now with a passion to get deeper into the Word and deeper into our, our, the, the laws of the land become smart and wise and understand that it's through that the true power is gained. Bless us and guide us in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Founder's Bible in all of this template is probably one of the most important documents. When you see all this come together, you start to realize why the, the Founder's Bible is the most important Bible for our time. Because it's a Bible that was written to reclaim the sense of governance and understanding of governments, which governance within the boundaries of the Bible. So I can't encourage you any more than this just to say, get a copy. That is the Bible that needs to be read for our time. And I'm not taking away any love of any other version you have, but this is a critical time to read the Founders Bible because within that is our Founders documents and our understanding of the law to give you a framing to understand how they were looking at things through the lens of Scripture and building a nation. That's the root of governance. 
And when we go through that and understand that, then applying this back to the real actions in the world becomes better and more effective. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Bards FM. Until then, or until the next time, God bless. And out for now. And Patriots, one last thing here before we go. It's this, and I forgot to mention it. You can use you can use your Bards code, B-A-R-D-S, to get 20% off on a Founder's Bible if you when you do checkout. So do that. All right, Patriots. See you tonight. Until then or until the next time. Out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, Ask what you can do for your country.
an old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.